Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm Odette. And I'm Madeline. And, and we, we love Christian fiction. fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases. And discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us. All right. Well, welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. This is um, a fun interview that we're doing with um, Anne Stanton. Is that how you say your last name, Anne? Yep. Stanton. Yeah. Um, So she reached out to us and we thought it'd be really fun to talk to her about her book and writing. And so, yeah, we're doing a little interview. Um, Morgan, did you want to say any of Yes. Your- okay. So I have, I have a couple disclaimers before we get too far into this interview. Um, oh. <laughs> one, excuse any um, background noises. I do have two young children. They're currently upstairs playing with my mother um, and they can be a little bit raucous. They're two and one. So if you hear any background noise, please excuse them. All is well. Um, <laughs> this, they're the same, fine. They're with an adult. The same, goes for me. the same goes for me. My son, my two-year-old is currently in the bathtub. He's with his dad. He's in the bathtub, <laughs> getting ready for bed. I <laughs> you may hear him. Dog, and if if I'm talking too nicely to you guys, he'll get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, do you want to say anything? Oh, about your yes. Dad? So in in the past, a couple of interviews in the past, my tech has gone out. My tech has been glitchy. I don't know if it's my internet or my phone or whatever. So if there is any like weird pauses, Odette and Madeline will pick up the slack for me, but know that that's probably what's going on if it happens. Okay. That's what it is. Did you talk about yeah. All the setup. About having to switch from Safari to Chrome just to get on to Oh, no. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, sorry I'm sorry. Safari doesn't pick you guys up. StreamYard. Huh. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Okay. Yeah, we well, actually, actually, I usually use Safari, so maybe that would help me mm. next. I might try to do Chrome next time. Yeah. Oh, we, no. we use StreamYard because you can, when you get after done with a video broadcast that you record, you can immediately split the audio and the video, which is nice. So it's easier than having to like go in and edit it afterwards. So that's kind of why we use it. But that's a good note. We should remember yeah. that for the future. That's like, definitely hey, a good note. Yeah, yeah. For sure. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, the other thing, Ian, is I have questions on a f- on my phone, and I'm u- using a computer, and the girls just have their phones, so you'll be hearing the questions from me. But these are a collection of all of our thoughts. Um, okay. Yeah. And if I can't answer them, I'll just say pass. Okay. That's, that works. <laughs> this isn't a test. So. We're we're super casual inter interviewees here, so interviewers. Well, I've yeah, never earth. been on this side of an interview before. Oh, oh, really? Oh, I've always been the interviewer. Oh, that's fun. Because well, your your book has just recently come out, correct? Correct. In January of this in year. Ju- okay. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah. Super fun. So, Anne, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, you and your book? Um, yeah. Well, I have a very long story for you know, if I'm going to tell you about myself, because I've been on the planet for a long time, sort of like Sally Clarkson long, you know, that's great. <laughs> so I'm not going to go all the way back. But yeah, I grew up in the Midwest. Okay. Uh, after college, uh, I graduated from English education in English education. I came out West because the West just seemed like where I was supposed to be. And my boyfriend wanted to be out here. So <laughs> there you go. 
this was my pre-Christ days. And um, so I, I have been in all three Western states and I've settled in the Pacific Northwest uh, in a Victorian town. Uh, it's lovely on the uh, Strait of Juan de Fuca. Hmm. And um, it meets my needs. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Sounds idyllic. (laughs) Yeah. And um, Beyond the Cradle has been with me for over 30 years. I know. It's the difficult child. It's the writing that would not come together, would not listen. Um, Slow bloomer, but the one that was always nearest to my heart. Doesn't it work that way? You know, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the one you suffer with, you know, is the yeah. one that, you know, just really makes your heart sing. Yeah. So um, I had a lot of obstacles in the uh, process of writing it. A lot of life came my way and um, divorce and mm-hmm. raising on my own homeschooling them and um, then my mother's death then all those things played into putting the book aside and not getting back to it for a long time but I'd always pull it out and I'd, I'd always love you know getting back jumping right back into it so finally it came together in 2021 I mean 20 the end of 2020? No, 21. Yeah, I worked on it for three years in that period, so I'm not quite sure when it actually got finished. I'm always adding more to it. <laughs> so, you know, published in January of 2022. So, yeah. Amazing. I know. And, and now, did you just self-publish it, or are you working with, like, a small press? I probably should have looked up that information before I hopped on. Uh, I became my own self-press, so I'm an indie publisher with this book. I have been published in literary journals, uh, the short stories that I've written over the years, because I've always written, even when this difficult child was put into boxes. Um, So I've been in Ladybug Magazine, um, Children's Story. I've been in um, Rock and Sling, which comes out of uh, Spokane, Washington, Uh, the college there. Uh, What is that? What is that college? I can't remember right off. But different um, literary magazines and newspapers because I was, as I had mentioned, uh, sort of like a reporter. Oh, I'd cool. interview people. And um, so I really love interviewing people. I don't like it so much in this site. <laughs> oh, there's a loss of control over you. <laughs> That's true. You do not know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing I wanted to bring up, Anne, so is your first team Odette and your middle name's Anne? Is that what you said in your I was, I was on my birth certificate, Odette. Okay. And um, my mother's name is Odette, or was Odette. Um, And I went to Catholic grade school. Mm -hmm. And everybody was a Mary or a, (laughs) what, uh, and. Angela or something mm-hmm. that's a little more common. I've always, mm-hmm. you know, and it, when I was little, it always felt like somebody was saying, oh, death. 
Oh, death, where is thy sting? Sorry, Anne, is when I was in college, I got into my major, and I remember this guy that came to me afterwards, and he goes, what's your name? And I was like, Odette. He goes, Odette? That's a terrible name. No. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> I know. So I, I dropped it because I grew up, they called me Dee Dee. Now, okay. that's the Dee Dee and Odette. That's yeah. cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my mother was French. Mm-hmm. Spelled it D I D D Y, and I always thought that was insane. Hmm. But yeah. French I is an E. Yeah. Oh, so right. It was D D, and she oh, thought that was cute. So Aww. I went through a turmoil with my name. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I settled on Anne. Yeah. That's Which great. is also beautiful. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very literary name, too. So it it's true. <laughs> But I kept Odette in my email address. You see? That? Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's awesome. It's been one of my life goals to meet another Odette because I never have, and people are always like, oh, I've never heard the name before. So seriously, yeah. and the screensaver on my phone is a picture of an Odette. Oh, like was, oh, like she, a person Odette, another yes, person. Okay, it was painted and um, used as a banner in our town during one of the Victorian celebrations. And she's like on different things. And so I took a picture of her, which is on my tote bag and put it on my screensaver. Oh, oh that's cool. That. Yeah, we, we are dads have to stick together. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so I think the first kind of question that we have is you mentioned a little bit of kind of of the writing process that led you to publishing your book, but could you talk to us a little bit about like, what is your book about? Um, well, I'm drawn to books that I love reading that are about quirky childhoods. Okay. Um, like Dandelion Wine. Do you know that book by Ray Bradbury? That's one of my favorites. Oh, yes. And uh, I haven't read that book, but. And The Fountain Overflows by Rebecca West. Um, Weathering Heights. Hmm. Um, An American Childhood by Annie Dillard. Um, Okay drawn to those types of books so I you know I suppose where we are drawn in reading that's where we spill out in writing um and so I the process of getting there is these things just pop up in my head like maybe a first line of a book or uh an image and then I I just developed that image. And mm-hmm. so the character in this book, Robin, she's the narrator. Mm-hmm. And she's had a, she's very intelligent. She starts out as a 10 year old. She's very precocious, but she's a displaced child um, in, a, in a lot of respects. And it stems from her parents. Her mother never has resolved the displacement in her life because she was a victim of World War II mm-hmm. in Europe. And her dad is not present in the family. He doesn't know his place in the family. So he's rather displaced also. So she has no one to really connect to emotionally. And um, she uh, grew up in New York City and her group, which they called themselves the Manhatties, five girls, really tight. Um, 
they were her identity. But then her mom, who is a psychologist, right? Because she had to figure out her life after World War II and everything, you know, she, she had to have that sense of control. Mm -hmm. um, she uproots the family because she decides to homeschool and she wants Robin to be in a natural environment, outdoor, 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 you know, it's kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And um, she does it also because she thinks that Robin is uh, becoming a type of person she doesn't like, like self-centered. Mm -hmm. She okay. wants her to um, lose her, lose that identity of entitlement that she, she feels like she's developing in the city and throw her into the country, sort of rock her world, you know. Um, but this really, really takes a toll on Robin for like the six months before being told they were moving and moving. And she's like full of this angst and, mm. and that's how the novel starts out. Yeah. There's, there are eight years that are shown in this book for her life. So there's a lot of redemption that goes on, not just in her life, but in the characters that surround her. So when she first gets to the place where they're moving, West Virginia, mm -hmm. um, she's complaining and immediately she meets someone named Samantha. And uh, it's like on her first walk which she begrudgingly takes around the property. She meets Samantha and she also meets her sidekick, Scott. And they form like a triangle. There's like a love triangle going on there uh -oh. because Samantha is like the center light. Um, I read something really cute. I was trying to understand my own writing because I knew you'd be asking me these questions. <laughs> You, right? <laughs> you don't really know what you're doing, truthfully. And it's like, okay, why do I write? Why do I gravitate toward literary fiction? Um, it's always been in my life. My mother, who was learning French when I was born, she didn't know how to speak English, was re she was reading books like Weathering Heights, okay, just trying to get her English down. And we'd watch all these classic movies that you know, book related. Um, so like, even when I was in college, and my very intelligent boyfriend, who wrote so beautifully, um, he was reading a lot of genre that I couldn't relate to, like Saul Bellow, um, Thomas Pynchon, more of the mental, you know, like, mathematical, Mind. I always had to find. how I read. I always had to find the heart. You know, the women, the strong women, the troubled children. You know, like the. You know, like give me that meat. The humanity. The Almost huh? the, humanity, the humanity side of it. The humanity side of it. I'm sure what he was reading had some of that. I never got into it, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> I was questioning, you know, uh, what literary fiction is. And I know that I finally understood it toward the end of writing the novel, uh, <laughs> Beyond the Cradle, and it's character-driven rather than plot-driven. Okay. 
you follow the characters around and they unveil who they are to the readers and you never know where they're going. It's like, okay, what are you going to do now? And I love you. Let's do something that, you know, is okay. And, um, but this, I found an irreverent look at literary fiction, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> I had to laugh in it when I, when I saw it yesterday. It was like, wait a minute, what are you saying about my book? <laughs> I don't know if I like this very much. Um, but there are seven tropes of liter literary fiction. Now, literary fiction is its own genre. You mm -hmm. can't lump it in to any other genre. Mm -hmm. It stands alone. So I was wondering, are there even tropes to literary fiction? And she's like saying, yeah, there are seven. <laughs> and I'm going, okay. So I wanted to play this game with you. Okay. Okay. We're what ready. Odette, what color are your eyes? Uh, green. Green. Okay. So according to her, you're quirky. <laughs> you're That's the quirky true. character. That's, that's accurate. That's 100% accurate. I was about to say. You guys described me as quirky before in my life. I have green eyes too. It's a little touch of blue. Okay. So I have a little redemption in there. But wait. It's not bad to be quirky though. No, it's not. Because so, I'm, I'm pretty quirky. Madeline, what color are your eyes? I have hazel eyes. Okay, so you're a little bit of green and brown, mm -hmm. right? Okay, yeah. so um, brown is trustworthy and down to earth, added with a little quirkiness. <laughs> okay. And then Morgan? I also have hazel eyes. Okay. Madeline and I have the exact same eyes. <laughs> okay, so there we go. Um, but the main character of this book, is Samantha, well, she's not the main, Robin is, but Samantha and Robin are like the duos. Mm -hmm. um, she has crystal blue eyes. Okay. That denotes purity and innocence and it just like gets her to the T, you know? It's like, okay, how did you know that? Um, I don't like <laughs> doing this. <laughs> just tearing down all my creativity into this little <laughs> seven tropes. And then there's always a dysfunctional family saga. You know, like yes, huge saga, and that's Robin's family. Except in my book, there's redemption, right? Okay. Um, and then it always revolves around childhood memories. Okay. Like little women. Yeah. No. Good point. And, yep. And um, and there's a bonus point. There's always a body of water. And I was like thinking, is oh. that because most of them were written in England? You know, I mean, there's this water all around. But there is water in my novel. That's a very important part of the book. And and then someone dies. Always someone dies. And I'm not going to elaborate on this. But no spoilers. No spoilers. Then, well, that's not a spoiler because that's someone who dies that I'm mentioning is not the spoiler. But I still don't oh, want okay. to. Oh, no, okay. no. <laughs> and then she said the title is a metaphor and 99% of the time it has the word the in it beyond the cradle and so I'm like yeah. okay and then she said there are adverbs, adjectives and alliterations galore 
Is that true in your writing? <laughs> my, I didn't know it until my older brother, who reads basically science fictions mm-hmm. and thrillers, he's like, what's with all the adjectives? You <laughs> <laughs> have to tell you like it is. Oh my goodness. That's true. Um, and then I won't de- uh, divulge the seventh one because it's too much of a spoiler alert. Oh uh, man. Okay. We appreciate that. Wow. That's really good to know and, and useful information because we did definitely have some questions about the literary fiction side of things yeah. so yeah. genre, um, to us and, and kind of along the same lines of that. So we have a lot of genre fiction um, readers among our listeners. So what specifically about your book that's, as we just talked about, was classified as literary fiction, would you um, say would appeal to readers who primarily kind of stick in that genre of um, fiction and romance um, for their books? Well, there definitely is romance in this book. It's a slow burn, very, very slow burn. I mean, she starts out as 10, right? Yeah, so it has to be slow. Right. <laughs> Appropriately so. <laughs> and there's a very important trope, which is the mentor. Mm, okay. Which draws in, you know, so there's that relational aspect. And there's, um, let's see, there was also the, um, the quest because Robin is on a quest. Okay. Um, so that's what's relatable. I mean, it's very, uh, it's got the heart, it's got mm-hmm. the humanity in it, and um, it's got the love. Mm-hmm. Always a good thing. Yeah. We're big fans of love and romance. It's, it's <laughs> true. We <Yes>. are. <laughs> <laughs> we like to think that our, our Christian fiction podcast expands other horizons, but... In its truest form, we're, we're big fans of romance. We are. But, you know, the part that is my favorite part in the novel is that that culmination of realization, let's put it that way, oh, and, that. and the meeting of lips. And I just love it because it's so pure. Yeah. You know, it's just beautiful. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That sounds lovely. That's a good, that's a good like kind of enticer because it makes me i i read part of the book i have not read the full thing yet but that definitely makes me want to keep going as someone who is Mm -hmm. primarily a romance reader i read other things obviously but i read a lot of romance and so that makes me go oh gotta keep going yeah 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 um so we know that the state of west virginia plays a role in the novel is there a particular reason why you chose west virginia um, in your novel, does it play a role kind of in um, your life as well? Almost heaven, West Virginia. <laughs> this is That's one of Madeline's favorite songs. <laughs> Did you guys know the state motto is wild and wonderful? Woohoo! There we that's go. not surprising. I went to school in Virginia, and so I live in Pennsylvania, and so I would drive down, and every time I crossed through Virginia, I was like, West Virginia, wild and wonderful. I was like, he's back here for a while. And also, also, they have mountains. Mm-hmm. Beautiful mountains. Yeah, the Blue Ridge Mountains, right? Yeah, and um, another, and the forest, you know, where I based the book, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I didn't want to put it out west. I wanted to put it where there have been root, root people, you know, like generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, That's lovely. And Samantha's family is generational mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, 
So what made you decide to become a writer? I know that you mentioned kind of you growing up and um, some of that experiences and kind of the, the writing that, that you started, but did you always want to be a writer or is that something that you kind of fell into as an adult? I started out as an artist and a graphic artist okay. and, and then my pencil took to words and I'm not, I'm not sure how it happened. Well, yeah, I am sure how it happened. <laughs> um, I just couldn't be around art material as much anymore. I was getting sensitized to the toxins in art material. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, that's real. Yeah. yeah. So I went to taking the images that have come into my mind and heart and putting them onto paper in words. Hmm. Also, a great incentive for me to think that I even could write was I'm a rebel at heart. Okay. And, and when I was a senior in high school, we had an assignment to write a descriptive uh, one-page paragraph, two, two paragraphs, one page. Mm -hmm. And I chose to write about horses. And I saw them in my mind's eye, like galloping and yeah. in the dust. And I wrote about it. And my English teacher circled it and wrote plagiarism. Oh, and oh, gave her own thoughts. And gave me a very bad grade. Oh, no. It was your own thoughts about horses. Those were my real visions about horses. Oh, man. I you know, you're a very descriptive writer, I guess. It was creative fiction. It was not like an essay on horses. It was like a descriptive paragraph on the horses. Hmm. Wow. Wow. At first, I was like so insulted. I turned red. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then I thought, hmm, okay. I must be able to write. If I, <laughs> I must be pretty darn good if she thinks that somebody else wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks, yeah. Uh, nice. That's great. Wow. Very fun. The adjectives is um, the adjectives. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there do um, you have any advice for writers that are just kind of starting out? I know it's kind of been a lifelong journey for you of writing and publishing a book, but do you have any advice for beginners in that area? Well, yeah, it's always um, trust yourself and trust your words. Um, don't corral your words. Don't force them. You know, live with them and. Uh, be at peace with them and wait on them. It's like, I don't think I've ever had a writer's block. Wow. I think you get writer's block when you're trying to force something to happen. Mm -hmm. You are demanding of an equal. Words are our equals. Hmm. You know, it's like we are made from the spoken word. And so words are very powerful. So we have to respect words and we have to wait upon them. And, and that will allow the create creative juices within us to be stirred up and come forth. Wow. That's wow. a really lovely sentiment and very inspiring. Right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I've never thought of words that, that way or writer's block or, you know, cause I've always, you know, in college or grad school, I experienced that. And it's like this moment where you feel like all the creative thoughts, but like thinking about the fact that we, yeah, it's just lovely. Our oh, yeah, in college, I did have writer's blocks. When I had to write, like, anything that was demanded on time and on the schedule. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Don't miss those days. Um, <laughs> um, do you have any um, new projects on the horizon? I know you just published the book this year, but we're just curious. About I do. Else. I finished a, um, well, the genre would be classified as fantasy. However, mm-hmm. I do not want to enter it with that. Um, I think there's a reclamation process that's happening now where all the genres are being uh, recategorized by Christians. And um, even though I love a lot of fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, what I had originally set out with this book to do is not to have any sorcery, magic, um, e- evil, evil character other than what the Bible reveals is evil you know, like the spiritual Mm -hmm. realm Um, and try to fashion a a work that shows how we exist in this world um, amidst what we do not see Hmm. and what, you know, how overpowering it can be to um, walk toward the light when we hear the call and confront these elements that are real, but that Mm -hmm. we don't give much thought to as we're living out our lives. And so that book finished last month, it's called The Few, and I'm gonna hold on to it until this next book, which I just titled a few days ago, and I just actually started um, taking off on it. I've been waiting on it, like, where is this one going? It's a sequel. Um, It's, um, I'm titling it uh, Never Forgotten. And it's a continuation of the journey of being called and finding our place in Christ. And it's all, there's a lot of allegory in it, like the characters' names are Harvest and Rain and Sprout. Oh, cool. And um, it's geared towards younger children, too. Well, not not that young, teenagers, you know. Sure. Like young adults, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Is it a sequel, you said, to Beyond the Cradle, or is it? Um, The Few starts as the first in the series. Yeah, it's more, there are a lot of strange things that happen in the book. So that's why I I said it could, you know, most people would think it was a a fantasy. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to rein it in. Yeah. To give it another spin. Yeah, that's awesome. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's very so interesting. I'm very intrigued by those. I'll be on the lookout for those as well. Yeah, awesome. And there's there is love interest in that oh. too. Just oh, for you, always good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't live without love. <laughs> I mean, I think every good story, even if it's my husband and I have had this conversation countless times. I said I don't understand. Like, even if it's not like a romance. A story is not a good story unless there's some element of, lo- of a love story in it. Amen. Amen. And I think that's biblical as well. Like <laughs> the Bible, salvation, yeah. it's all a love story. Like it's literally a reflection the whole thing. Of, of what we were created for. So, so totally every story has to have an element of that in it. Totally. In and at yeah. one point in the few, I have a husband who's arguing with God who's, take, who's going to take better care of his wife. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, those are all the questions we have. I know since you said that you are used to being the interviewer instead of the interviewee, do you have any questions for us before we kind of uh, end our conversation tonight? 
Well, I didn't even think of those because I <laughs> okay. I just want to give you the opportunity. No, no problem at all. <laughs> I didn't get to those. No, okay. <laughs> That's all good. Just give you the, the opportunity. So. so okay, Odette, what's your favorite novel? My favorite novel? Of all time. Of, of all, all time? time? Oh my. Um da, 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 on the spot. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna switch it up for you, sisters. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, no. I know. Now I was thinking of mine. <laughs> so, okay, I've read hundreds of books in my life, and so, but I would say that one book that I have enjoyed and I found it to be something that I can read, um, not all the time, but I do have it reread. It is To Kill a Mockingbird. I love it. That was an excellent book, and I learned so much. And I feel like every time that I read it, I can find something new and see something in a different way. And to me, that's um, epitome of a good novel is you can read it at different junctures of your life. So I think the first time I read it, I was in high school um, and then I read it in college and like stuff. So it's just interesting to kind of see how it plays out differently um, throughout your life. Love it. And what's the, what is the love element in there, Morgan? In To Kill a Mockingbird? Did you read it? I haven't read that since ninth grade. Um, So the the wife is deceased. Right. Mm -hmm. So it would have to be, well, there's definitely a a love element between, right, his his daughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, that's, that's the one that would jump out at me first, yes. I would think. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's not a romantic love, but it's sure right. a powerful one. Right? Oh, for sure. Yes. It's a yeah. very powerful story. And Madeline, what's the, what's the biggest novel you've ever read? Well, like the chunkiest? Yeah. The chunkiest. Uh, Les Miserables. Mads, <laughs> you've read Les Mis? Like yeah. the full thing? Yes. Oh, man. How big is that for the listeners who haven't read that book? I think it's well oh gosh 700 something pages oh, okay. oh I think it's more than that is it more okay I think it's so. a chonker it took me like it took yeah. me four years maybe nice that's impressive I'm <laughs> about 25 percent of the way through it. straight it was like you'd read it right yeah I, you yeah. have to I don't know who could read like Ms. straight you gotta like break because I up. started it I started it in high school yeah like my senior year of high school and I didn't finish it until after I was graduated from college. Yeah. <laughs> That's how War and Peace was for me. I read that. I started reading that different. It took me a couple of years because I couldn't just like plow through it and read it. I had to like take it all in. And yeah. 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 Awesome. Enjoyed talking with you ladies. Yes. This how was so we? lovely. Thank you so much for Thank agreeing you. to do this with us. Yes. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. It was lovely to meet another Odette. <laughs> Yeah, and I love that you're reading the book already, Morgan. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, of course. As soon as we decided that we were going to interview you, I was I picked it up and I wanted to kind of get a feel for it. But yeah, I, I'm definitely going to keep going because I'm intrigued by the story and what you told me about it. I for sure mm-hmm. want to read more. And um, hopefully with this interview, our listeners, um, at least some of our listeners will be yeah. uh, enticed to pick well, it up yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Expand their genres of reading. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm going sure. to also, I mean, I love, I love different genres as well. So please let's not have a fight about literary fiction and genre fiction. There's room for everyone at the table. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely. Sure. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you so much. I um, hope you have a wonderful you. rest of your evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Redeeming Lit Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep keep it lit. lit!